DOS is not depriving, it's the complete opposite. When uh, you adopt this lifestyle, you not only discover uh, health benefits, but also huge financial savings. Once you get started, all you regret is not having started earlier. It opens your mind on alternatives, on a life that you ne never thought was possible. You know, we decided to go for uh, DOS. And of course, we didn't have the solutions at first. You know, it was very difficult. We didn't know how to get our bearings. We had a lot of sales. But then as we got stronger and stronger and stronger, we became king of our domain. And now we, you know, we would never think of going back to the way we used to live before. I know the term zero waste can be daunting. It can sound scary and extreme, but it's not as extreme and scary as you think it is. It's actually a lot of what we talk about is what our grandparents used to do. They are very simple things that have been forgotten with the consumerist society. And once you bring those things back into your life, you will regain life. You will discover again a life that you wish you had known before. Hi, this is Joshua Spodek, and this is Leadership in the Environment. You're not the only one who cares about your impact enough to act. You're part of a global community undeterred by people saying, if others don't change first, then what I do doesn't matter, and other excuses. We've read the science. We can do this. This show is about personal responsibility, acting, and improving your life by your values. As guest after guest says, the challenge was hard, but thank you for getting me to do it. I wish I'd done it earlier. Listen on for leaders to inspire you, hear their struggles, and then act. Go to joshuaspodick.com slash podcast to commit to a public, personal challenge of your own. You're not alone, and you don't have to wait for others. This conversation is about joy, clean, pure, fun, deeper relationships, greater self-awareness, our highest values. It's the opposite of results from the treadmill of mainstream life built on comfort and convenience. When you live by your values in a world that doesn't, you move from the mainstream. That happens to leaders. That could be lonely, but it's also forging ahead. That's the opportunity and challenge for those of us who love a clean, pure world and care about how we affect others. Then you meet people who have been doing it longer and have reached where you haven't. They become your role models. B. Johnson is one example. She's my guest today. She has avoided creating garbage for years longer than I have. She's written a book, Zero Waste Home, on how to do it. Since I know you're wondering, what are the details? How do I do this? How do I do that? She spells it all out, makes it easy. She did the hard work so you don't have to. She's done several TED Talks, many instructional and inspirational videos. I'll link to them as much as I can. Please binge on them. On a personal note, I have to say, it feels great to be part of a growing community. I knew it was out there. It's very comfortable to feel supported, to feel I'm not alone. And you will not feel alone. You'll feel part of that growing community as well. It's only hard to start. Once you start, it's natural. Welcome to the Leadership in the Environment podcast. This is Joshua Spodak. I'm here with B. Johnson. How are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm very good. I've been looking forward to this conversation ever since I first saw you online. And if it's okay with you, I'd like to introduce the readers, uh, sorry, the listeners, if they haven't heard about you, and a little bit of how I met you, and then give you a chance to uh, share a little bit, if that's okay. Yeah. So on my end, the listeners know that I've been avoiding packaged food for a while, and I've been very happy for a while that I've reduced my garbage a lot. And so I haven't thrown out my household garbage in 
It'll be 14 months in a couple of days since I've thrown out my garbage. And people keep saying, oh, that's so good. And the longer I go without throwing stuff away, the more I realize it's still a lot. And I don't think it's particular. I'm not particularly proud to have less garbage than a typical American. It's not a particularly high standard to hold yourself to. And that's where you came in is that I guess I was talking to the people at the story of stuff. And I saw that you gave a Google talk or you're on a panel there and your amount of garbage on my computer screen right now, there's a picture of a Mason jar and it says my family's trash for 2017. And it's significantly less, way less than I do. And that's a standard that I really like. And so you've been doing it longer. You've been through a lot of things that I haven't, and you've become, sorry to put this on you. You become a role model for me. And I'm very interested you're welcome. And, and thank you. I think I have more to thank you for. And I'm really interested in partly, I don't want to have you answer stuff. I don't want to border you. And there's plenty of videos. And I encourage people to binge on the videos, read the book, read her blog. She's storied and she's got lots of stuff to share. But well, first, here's my first question, if it's okay with you, is I bet that it's about the environment, but it, I bet it's a lot more than the environment. Is that right? Like what's keeping you motivated? Why you do this? Yeah, we've uh, we've been able to stick to a zero waste lifestyle for uh, more than a decade. It's uh, because we found that this lifestyle has way more than uh, positive impact on the environment to offer. We found that this lifestyle is also healthier for us in eliminating all toxic products from our lives. For example, we use uh, white vinegar to clean on my skin. I use food items. Basically, we have discovered a healthier lifestyle, so we've eliminated all toxic products from our life, so we're way less sick than before. The second uh, advantage is that we are uh, saving a huge amount of money with this. My husband calculated the, uh, uh, you know, the compare these bank statements between the zero waste lifestyle and the lifestyle before zero waste and he found that we were saving 40% on our overall budget. That's from the fact that one, we consume way, 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 way less than before. But also if we buy something, it's only to replace what needs to be replaced. And when we buy that replacement, we buy it secondhand, which obviously costs less. But we also have, uh, we also buy uh, our food unpackaged. When you buy something that is packaged, 15% of the price or more is going to cover the cost of the packaging. So when you buy unpackaged, you make automatic financial savings. But we've also replaced anything that is disposable for a reusable alternative. So that translates into huge cumulative savings over time. Uh, That means that we're no longer throwing our money away. If you buy something that is single-use, you're obviously buying it, using it, throwing it out, so you're literally throwing your money away. So we replaced all these products for reusables, so they've translated uh, you know, into uh, those cumulative savings, which have allowed us to also install solar panels on our roof and a gray water system, which we use as the water from the showers and the washing machines to irrigate our plants. Our plants. But uh, to me, the, the best advantage of this lifestyle is uh, the simple life. By definition, when you live simply, it does not take more time. It uh, makes time in your life for what matters most to you. And it's really thanks to Zero Waste that we've been able to discover a life that is based on experiences instead of things. So ultimately, we've discovered an improved standard of living, a life that is based on being instead of having. Uh, you said so much there. The first thing I got to ask: Did I hear right? Forty percent savings. Yes, four zero. <laughs> so that's almost like a double pay because for, I mean, it's almost that's a huge amount. And 
you, did, you described a lot of changes, and I presume, but I don't want to assume that it didn't all happen at once. It probably took a while. Like if some people say, oh, that's too much for me to do, did you do it all at once? And did your husband, was he in it from the start, or was it, was it, did it yeah, take no, a while to switch? I, yeah, as I uh, described in, uh, in my book, uh, as you always told me, uh, it was a gradual change. Uh, so what happened to us is uh, in uh, 2006, we were uh, living in a house where we, you know, that house was in a, on a cul-de-sac in a, in a place where we had to drive uh, to go anywhere, to go to the grocery stores, schools, restaurants. And we missed the life that we had known in the big cities we had lived in. We had lived in London, Amsterdam, Paris, where we were used to walking and biking everywhere. So we decided to relocate. But before finding the right house, though, we rented an apartment for one year. And we only moved in with uh, the necessities. We put the rest in storage. And it's during that year that we discovered that when you live with less, then you have more time, more time to do what's important to you. So when we did find the right house in the town that interested us, we got everything out of storage. And there we found that 80% of the stuff we had put in there, we hadn't even missed for a whole year. So we let go of them. And it's uh, thanks to that simplicity that we also found time to read books and watch documentaries on environmental issues. And what we discovered made my husband and I um, really quite sad thinking about the future that we as parents were creating for them, the, the future that we we're going to leave behind. And that's what gave us the motivation to change. So at first we watched our energy consumption and our water consumption, and then I started turning towards our trash. In trying to find solutions to reduce it, I found the term zero waste, which back then uh, it was a term that was only used to describe waste management at a city level. The city of Capanori used it first in Italy, uh, and it was uh, to, to defend themselves against the implementation of an incinerator. But it was also a term that was used in the manufacturing world. So it was not a term that was used at all to describe something you do at home. But when I saw that term, though, the light bulb went off in my head and it gave me a goal. Because if you don't have the goal of zero waste, then what is your goal and your waste reduction? Is it uh, medium waste, a little bit of waste, <laughs> almost zero waste? Yeah. If you don't have the goal, then you, know, you'll, you won't go anywhere. But with that goal of zero, then it really gives me a picture and something to aim for. And, uh, but there were no books, no blogs, no guide on how to achieve zero at home. So I had to test a lot of things. We, uh, I Googled a lot. I picked up the phone, called my mom, my mother-in-law, my grandma, and asked them how they did in the past. But ultimately, we found alternatives that could that we could see ourselves sticking to in the long run, and that's when zero waste became a lifestyle. You know, one of the things that really annoys me about environmental movement, I think a lot of people would say, like a lot of people, a lot of people they're trying to share guilt or they're trying to say all this doom and gloom stuff. And your message is, I don't hear that at all. In fact, I feel like you're sharing joy and meaning and purpose and, and discovery. It's- yeah, exactly. It's uh, <laughs> we, uh, you know, I give uh, I give talks all over the world, and uh, one of the places I gave one was uh, actually in a small village in France. It was on a rainy day. It was, you know, in a tiny little place in the middle of the week, and 250 people came to my talk, and an organization, uh, an environmental organization, came to me after, and they asked me like, "How the heck did you manage to gather 250 people?" And when we have like tried to push people to adopt a more environmentally friendly kind of living and, you know, here you come and you show up and, uh, you know, you get all these people to actually listen to you. 
And I, you know, my reply to them was, you know, I don't know if you noticed, but in my talk, I only mentioned the word environment twice. Everything else is about how with this lifestyle, we can improve our standard of living. If you're doing it only for the environment, you're not going to be, if it's not good for you and you're only doing it for the environment, then you won't stick to it. Maybe it will be a challenge or a short-term kind of experiment for you. But when you adopt this as a lifestyle, then you really have to embrace change that is feasible, that is that makes you happy, and that, very importantly, that you can see yourself doing for the rest of your life. Zero waste becomes a lifestyle when you let it simplify your life, not complicate it. Yeah, for me, you know, my podcast was called Leadership in the Environment, and I feel like almost everyone, I feel like all they hear is blah, 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 and the environment, because whenever they suggest, hey, Josh, here's something you should have on your podcast, there's always some environment, it's never a leader. And it, for me, the main thing is the leadership part is that's about meaning and purpose and joy and discovery and, and leading yourself. And I feel like people miss that, and that's what I think is the most important part is to make it something that people really enjoy, something that people want to share yeah, and it's, uh, you know, it's, it's normal that when you do stop paying attention to your trash, you're going to be judgmental uh, towards the world and the trash that's being created, the, the disposable cups that people are carrying and the straws that they're using and the plastic bags that they're carrying, the, you know, a bag in. Uh, but And people will be drawn to the zero-waste lifestyle for lots of different reasons. Some of them have been simply drawn because we've given a face to the zero-waste lifestyle and they like that face. <laughs> so they've decided that that's what they also wanted to do. But uh, other people uh, get started for health reasons. Let's say someone in their family has cancer and then they look for the causes of cancer and they find that it's the products that surround us, the things that we put in our bodies. And then they look for solutions and they found that zero-waste brings that to them. Other people will start for financial reasons. You know, they have a tight budget and then they start looking at ways to uh, save money and then they find that DOAs brings all those solutions. But some other people, you know, even if you are, uh, let's say, you don't have cancer, you're, you're pretty healthy and you do have a lot of money, then typically people that are, tend to be drawn to zero waste are people that then will be looking to save time in their schedules. And that's, again, what zero waste can do. But as soon as you start paying attention to your trash, then you see it everywhere. The first time I brought my own personal cup to the coffee shop, I saw all the disposable cups that people carried around me, and I got angry. And I thought, you know, why don't they do like me? But as I adopted a zero waste lifestyle to the maximum of my capabilities, and I think we've pretty much done so I, you know, our family of four produces just uh, half a liter, which is a pint of trash per year. We found that, you know, we've, we've reached, you know, our maximum capabilities. And in doing so, we found peace with the world. We found peace with what other people are doing. And we realized that after all, these people carrying the disposable cups were me not so long ago. I have no right to judge them. Maybe they haven't clicked for the always, but one day they will. And I know that every time I live uh, my ZOS lifestyle in public, every time I bring my own containers to the grocery store, to you know, on a plane or on a, you know, at the, the coffee shop, then I have the power to inspire someone else to do the same. Yeah, you know, you've chosen to be very public about it, and. There's a lot of people who are off the grid and they just live a life totally independent of the world or not really making a big deal out of it. And for you to go out in public, among other things, yes, you're sharing this. You, you open yourself up to a lot of criticism, I would imagine. And was that a scary process? How, was it easy for you to decide to take a leadership role 
it sounds like it yeah, worked out, so, but it didn't have to when you decided. Yeah, so when I, uh, what happened was that uh, we were already living a zero-waste lifestyle. We had told our friends that this was a goal for us. The people around us did not know what it meant, of course, because no one else was doing that. So they, uh, there was an acquaintance that showed up on my doorstep for dinner with a box filled, of, uh, filled with pastries, individually wrapped. And I thought, you know, what is this person thinking? We've told her that we were doing zero waste. What does she think we're going to do with that stuff? Like, does she think we're going to recycle it? Well, maybe she thinks that, oh, we'll bury our trash or throw it in someone else's can. I don't know what she was thinking. But uh, that night, I decided to start a blog. I told my husband, I thought it was important to share at least the solutions we found and uh, so that people understood really what zero waste was all about. But at first, it was really just aimed at my friends and my family. So they would stop uh, bringing in things into my home. But my husband was a little bit, um, you know, he kind of, uh, he was cautious about it and said, you know, you're going to expose yourself to uh, mainstream. You're going to attract a ton of criticism. But I kind of ignored what he said and I felt that it was important to share all the solutions that we have found with other people so people interested in this subject could do the same. But uh, I, of course, never imagined that uh, the blog eventually would get picked up by the New York Times, who then called me the priestess of waste-free living, and, you know, that that, puts a lot of weight on you. But at the same time, uh, you know, we received a a ton of criticism, of course, as expected. Again, because people did not know what a zero-waste lifestyle meant. In reading the article, uh, they felt that we were telling them how to live their lives, and it never ever been our goal. We were not here to tell anyone how to live their lives. We're not here to tell everyone, oh, you got to adopt a zero-waste lifestyle. No, uh, we're only here to, you know, to talk about what we've discovered through this life, to, to say, uh, you know, to talk about our journey. If it inspires people, great. If it doesn't, too bad. But ultimately, I think this, uh, this message has resonated in a lot of people, and that's how a movement was launched. Of course, there is, a, you know, we still get a lot of criticism for the fact that we meet on occasion, uh, from the fact that we use toilet paper, from the fact that we do have a car, and that uh, we also uh, fly, especially for my speaking engagements uh, everywhere. But uh, it's, you know, no matter what you do, you'll get criticized. But, uh, you know, it was kind of, in a way, easy for us to turn off those criticisms by, one, learn not to read them, and two, by just knowing that what we were doing is right for us, and that's all that matters. Yeah, I remember when this blog emerged from a lot of years of me reducing and, and things like that, and then, but really it was like Trump got elected, and I thought, I anticipated what he was going to do for the environment wasn't going to be aligned with my, what I thought was best. And immediately I thought, if I start going out there, people are going to criticize me, people are going to jump on me. And I thought, oh, the Koch brothers, they're going to smear me. And I thought, if I get to the place where the Koch brothers are paying attention to me, I'm going to be pretty happy about that. I mean, I was still scared because you put yourself out there, you can get attacked. All your stuff online is a lot about the zero waste stuff. And the leadership part is, I'm really interested to hear about that because that's the way I... I'm learning from you as you speak. And how do people respond? I mean, you work in so many different ways because you, you speak and you blog and there's the book. What have you found to be effective? How has it evolved? 
Well, when you when you do the kind of work I do, people tend to uh, come up with lots of other ideas for you. So they're like, well, why don't you open your own unpackaged store? Why don't you uh, work with politicians? Why don't you launch this product or this product? And, you know, I, I only have 24 hours in a day yeah. like everyone else. And I found that, uh, and, I, and I also talk about that in the book, that once you adopt a zero-waste lifestyle and uh, uh, and you've done what you can in your home, then uh, you, you are, of course, you want to spread the movement as far and wide as you can, but then it's up to you to figure out where your strengths are to grow this movement. So if you're uh, someone that likes to organize events, then organize talks or workshops. If uh, you're someone that does like politics, then uh, yeah, um, become one and then uh, become a politician and try to change policies. Uh, if you uh, like uh, nonprofits or like working in them, then uh, learn, you know, uh, open your or start your own nonprofit around that. And but uh, in my case, I found that uh, the, uh, the my best tool is uh, the speaking engagement, and that's why I I do give them all over the world. Of course, I am aware that this is having a uh, you know an impact on my carbon footprint. But when you see the amount of people that are at the talks and also the attention that re- that I receive from the national media wherever I go, um, that of course has a positive uh, impact. And to me, it's uh, well worth uh, going to. Get my talks. You know, I have found I'm really happy with uh, uh, the the path that I have taken. That to me, using my strength to the best of my capabilities, and and people will see it very. I mean, see it very clearly when they come to my talks. That I don't really have a filter. So it's uh, <laughs> I am you know here to talk about you know, whatever uh, problem we encountered and the solutions we found. I really encourage people to ask me whatever question goes through their head because I'm sure when they're sitting there, they're saying, oh, what about those flights? What about that meat? What about this? What about that? But I want them to uh, ask those questions because, of course, we, you know, uh, every aspect of our lifestyle has been, you know, thought out. It's uh, it's not, uh, that's what you call conscious living in a way. So, but it's very important, I think, to share the fails to f- share the successes so that people can understand that this lifestyle is not or zero waste is not a competition zero waste is a journey and of course uh, you know there will be some falls but then uh, you know there are some successes so it's important to have uh, to, to be very transparent about all those feeling inspired do you like hearing others acting that you're not alone go to joshuaspodek.com slash podcast to hear other interviews but even more valuable, join the growing community of people who care enough to act, not just talk. Read the list of people who have taken on personal challenges and then commit to one yourself. Don't be surprised if you end up loving it, changing more, and finding people following you without you even trying. That's what happens when you improve your life by living by your values. To me, the self-awareness is one of the biggest things. Like, you learn all these, speaking for myself, you learn all these things that you never expected. I think my my recycling decreased more than my landfill. I, you talked about it, about how it's such a, a, you know, reduce, reuse, recycle. And you have before is first refuse. And it's so weird. The view, my view of recycling is basically recycling to me is like 90% the same as garbage, maybe 10% not. And it puts me out yes. of touch with so many people. It's like hard to explain yeah, and I uh, and I did a whole uh, TEDx talk on that because it's uh, you know if I go to a party and people find out uh, through other people that I am the zero waste lady, then they like to come to me and they like to tell me, well, you know, we recycle everything too. 
And that actually, I, I have to jump on that and say, well, yeah. actually, the OS is not about recycling more. It's about recycling less by preventing waste from coming into your home in the first place. We've been indeed told that recycling, I mean, we've been fed this for years, that recycling was the answer, but it really isn't. Uh, and, uh, you know, that this comes from, of course, recyclers telling on this or the, you know, basically the waste management companies, they want to put their hands on the recycling materials because they can, of course, then turn around and sell it and they charge you to to pick it up. So if you think about it, it just doesn't make sense. Packaging is something that you as a consumer are buying. Again, like 15% of the cost of, uh, you know, something you buy uh, covers the cost of the packaging. And in the case of laundry detergent, it's 70% that covers the cost of the packaging. Uh, so this is something which, uh, you know, the consumer buys, then it puts in a can actually typically in a liner, which we would have also purchased, to then pay for a, a trash pickup. So he pays the packaging, he pays for it to get picked up, and then you give away the material for them to turn around and sell to recyclers. And then once it's in their hands, you have no idea what becomes to the item. And that's the, the power of my five R's. When you follow my five R's in order, uh, one, refuse, two, reduce, uh, three, reuse, and four, recycle. So recycle only what you cannot refuse, reduce, and reuse. Then you are, you, you're taking a step. You are in control. It's with the first three R's that you are in control of the item. Once it leaves your household, you have no idea what will come to it. It's like so easy. I try to share with people that it's like putting on a seatbelt that when I was a kid, people didn't do it. And now no one thinks about it. You just do it without thinking about it. And it's that easy. Although there is a transition that to create these habits, once you're in it, you just want to go more and more. In my experience is you want to go more and more and more. And I feel like I hear that it becomes addictive, of course, because uh, less stuff you have, I mean, especially f- for us, I mean, we're extreme minimalists, uh, but the less stuff I had, the better I felt, but to a level where once I was done with my house, I just uh, wanted to help other people do it because it felt so good, so freeing. And, you know, my, my wardrobe today is a capsule wardrobe of 15 pieces. And uh, people ask me all the time, especially women, but aren't you drawn to other things from the store when you walk down the street or uh, when you look at magazines? Uh, and I say, well, no, actually, because one, I know that the living with less has allowed me to do so much more. The fact that my wardrobe of 15 pieces fits in a carry-on means that when I have to travel, I don't have to ask myself, what should I bring with me? Because I can bring it all. But it's also, if we want to go away for a weekend, a week or a month, we can just pack up our wardrobes and go on vacation while people uh, rent our house and pay for our vacations. But it's also, I'm not drawn to uh, to buying more because when uh, you adopt a um, zero-waste lifetime, you acquire a selective vision. Personally, when I enter a store, I no longer see what's available to me packaged. I only see what's available to me unpackaged. And if I walk down the street, my eye is no longer attracted to stuff or to new clothing or new trends or new shoes. It's rather attracted to services. It's attracted to uh, unpackaged food in the windows, maybe, or maybe a secondhand shop, uh, just in case. And the, the fact that we've, when you adopt a simple life, you also curb your exposure 
you control your exposure to advertisements. Uh, in Living Simply, we've canceled magazines and catalogs, turned off TV, and uh, now we, of course, we do have a TV screen, but it's just only connected to uh, Netflix, so we're streaming things. But in the end, we have curbed our exposure to advertisement, and in doing so, of course, we become happier. Advertisement is only created to make you want things that you didn't want before looking at that, at that advertisement. This consumerist society was created by manufacturers who hire powerful marketers to create in a fictitious needs. But as soon as you adopt a zero-waste lifestyle, you realize that you've been duped. They've uh, you know, promised uh, uh, time savings and financial savings, but uh, as soon as you, again, eliminate uh, waste and consumption, then all of a sudden you realize that, okay, all this was fake. When uh, you, you cancel uh, or, uh, again, curb your exposure to advertisement, all of a sudden, no longer have fictitious needs created for you. All of a sudden, you're happy with what you are, what you do, and no longer do you feel that you have to have that little yellow pillow on your couch just to make your environment or your household trendy. <laughs> Man, we have a limited time for this conversation, and it pains me to not continue. I would love to continue this conversation, and I hope that you pass through New York City. I would love to have you over for one of my famous no-packaging vegetable stews. And, I mean, I just discovered you a little while ago, and as I mentioned, you've become a role model, partly for the zero waste, but really for what the zero waste brings of the joy and all these the rewarding emotions that you've shared and Thank you very much. I, the last thing that I usually like to ask, is there anything I didn't bring up or is there any message that you want to leave the listeners with? Well, I'm, uh, again, I'm not here to tell anyone how to live their life, but I'm, uh, my job is to shatter the misconceptions associated with this lifestyle. And I hope that people, you know, people that have never heard of the term zero waste and actually even those that kind of have but don't really know what it's about, I want them to understand that zero waste is the complete opposite of what they think it is. Uh, zero waste is not depriving, it's the complete opposite. When uh, you adopt this lifestyle, you not only discover, again, uh, health benefits, but also huge financial savings. But ultimately, you'll, have to, you'll be able to discover that life that is based on being instead of having. And uh, once you get started, all you regret is not having started earlier. It opens your mind on the alternatives on a life that you ne- never thought was possible. Uh, you know, zero waste is a little bit like, um, I'll give that image uh, of um, Matrix. You know, if people have seen the Matrix, maybe they'll be able to uh, identify with this. But in the Matrix, in the movie The Matrix, Neo has the choice between a blue pill and a red pill. And the blue pill is to stay in the world that he already knows. And uh, the red pill is to go into an unknown world that is scary because he, uh, you know, it's, he doesn't know how to defend himself in it. But Neo is, uh, is a quite a strong guy and he's got balls so uh, he goes <laughs> for the red pill but in taking that red pill he's just then thrown into this world that is very scary again he doesn't know how to fight in it and uh, he gets hammered he gets shot but uh, as he becomes more and more uh, comfortable with this uh, new world then he becomes stronger and stronger and stronger and at the end of the movie he's on top of his domain and he would uh, he kind of has a smirk on his face thinking back of the the life that he used to know or the the world that he used to know well the zero side is a little bit like that for us uh, you know we decided to go for uh, zero waste and of course we didn't have the solutions at first 
you know, it was very difficult. Uh, we didn't know, we didn't know how to get our bearings. Uh, we did a, we had a lot of fails. But then as we got stronger and stronger and stronger, we became, you know, uh, king of our domain. And now we, you know, we would never think of going back to the way we used to live before. So I would encourage people to have a, I know the term zero waste can be daunting. It can sound scary and extreme, but it's not as extreme and scary as you think it is. It's actually a lot of what we talk about is what, you know, uh, is what our grandparents used to do. They are very simple things that have been forgotten with the consumerist society. And once you bring those things back into your life, it will, you will regain life. You will discover again a life that you wish you had known before. Wow, that was amazing. Thank you very much. And now everyone should, if they're on my page, scroll down. I'm going to have all the links to your book, to your blog, to your page, to your videos. And I urge everyone to go binge on all these things. And then I hope follow in your footsteps. Thank you very much. Well, thank you so much, Joshua. Is there any doubt how easy, fun, and rewarding zero waste becomes when you get into it? Yes, starting is challenging, but that passes fast. Did she sound like she was working hard? I don't think she's trying anymore. She's just living that way. And as she said, she's getting addicted to it. She wants to do more and more because it's more and more freedom, more and more relationships, more and more family. I put to you that whatever your values, cleanliness, not throwing money away, relationships, community, simplicity, family, peace, and so on, I bet that B at least gives you a run for the money living by that value, if not beats you. That's what being a role model means. So if you're still listening, start with something. You don't have to start with everything. You don't have to start where she is. You develop the skills, and soon you'll arrive where she has. Now, by then, she'll have moved on to something else, and you'll catch up to her again later. Did you feel inspired too? Then act. Go to joshuaspodak.com slash podcast and click to commit to your personal challenge so you can inspire others. Value means better and worse, and living by your values means living better by your values. You may struggle at first, but it's the hero's journey from living by others' values to living by yours. People say that little things add up. I won't argue against it, but what I find counts is acting. Doing something, anything, starts that mindset shift from the debilitating others should act first or making excuses to the empowering I can make a difference and Living by my values improves my life. I don't have to wait for others to act first. I'm looking for leaders, people who will bring what works here in this podcast to communities I haven't reached. Billions of people want to change their behavior. There's room for leadership from personal leadership of just yourself to whatever scale you want. Start by acting and changing yourself. Go to joshuaspodak.com slash podcast and commit to your personal challenge.